everybody. Welcome into show notes. We'll be sending a message to everyone on Substack, by the way, in the next two weeks with new links for the website. That's where all of the information is going to be housed from now on, as we've been threatening for a while now. 99 and I had some help from some beloved colleagues to bring everything over and format it, and we're really excited to launch a new addition to the content family. Once everything is set up, everyone who's affiliated with the show, members, coffee subscribers, Substack subscribers, will receive our new weekly newsletter. There will be original ruminations, links to all of our new podcast and YouTube episodes, merchandise links, and discount codes, along with a list of what we're reading in case you miss it in show notes. It's a great way to deepen engagement with the unfucking audience and deliver on our promise to stay timely, topical, and relevant. All for the low cost of free 99. Of course, there's a catch with the price. As I've always promised, the core content of the show and any related segments, whether it's YouTube or the newsletter, will always be free. But all of this takes time and energy, and we rely on the support of unfuckers from around the world. So whether it's 5 10 25 or the fully over-caffeinated level of $50 a month, you are the ones who are making this possible. And so are the ones who purchase our coffee on a regular basis or the merchandise. All of you have made it possible for us to get to this point. But to be honest, we're going to need about 10 times this amount of support at some point if we're going to keep this show moving forward. So if you're in a position to help out, please do. And now on with the show. 99, what is up? Not much. I also want to remind the unfuckers that if you can't support monetarily, tell a friend. Yes, big time. Remember, this is an MLM, so you need to work on your downline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Grow your downline and the show will grow in turn. Is that what they call the MLM? The yeah. downline? We've, we've definitely gone over this. this no, I know. The downline. Yeah. Down, the downline. So it, my people below me are my downline yep. and yep. you're my upline. Yeah. It's like yeah. a good org chart. Exactly. I like it. Mm-hmm. So that's what's up. That is what's up. You feeling good? You ready to go into show notes? You ready to talk to the people? Yeah. I am uh, had a little bit of a cold last week. My, my panic. So I had a panic attack because I thought I had COVID and I left the office and I went to do a COVID test and it was negative. And then I had more of a panic attack and then I had to take a nap. But that turned out to be a cold. It's gone, but there's a little bit of residual, okay. you know, snottiness you in my fun. voice. You sound great. You a sound little, great. You a look little, great. You sound great. I, I didn't say it didn't look great. Thank you, though. Okay. But uh, I'm just clarifying. 99 wants gray hair. I do. I want like a gray hair. My mom has beautiful. Tell her she, it's, has beautiful she has plenty of time. It's not... I'm not in a rush, but I said it's like becoming a woman again. It's like your second period, you know, you, you. Like you, second period during the school day? Yeah, exactly. Like It's like, you know, Jewish girl period, bar mitzvah or, you know, the other way around. I don't know. Bat mitzvah, excuse me, or mm -hmm. b'nai mitzvah if it's both. Okay. And then getting gray hair. And I, I just want to, I want one. I work so hard. I stress so hard. I should see that. Mm -hmm. All I get for my stress is mental anguish. At least if I had like a beautiful, shiny gray hair. I would know that the stress was for something. Okay. I just want one. Okay. You could, and, and you should have it. Thank you. If that's what you want. I think you should have everything that you want, except I, for all white men dead at 75. Fine. But but yeah, so that's, that's, that's about me. Coming into headlines before we do show notes, 99 is going to kick us off. I'm surprised that you're upset about this. <laughs> yeah, crazy. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Bananas. It is bananas. Um, bananas. 
I think we we covered this a couple weeks ago. Uh, I apologize. I didn't. I meant to look up the unfucker who wrote in. It was on Instagram. You know who you are about the uh, anti-drag bill. And there's a great article from NPR about it. So the Tennessee drag bill passed last week, which restricts, quote, adult cabaret performances in public or in the presence of children and bans them from occurring within a a thousand feet of schools, public parks or places of worship. And it was passed alongside separate legislation that bans transgender minors in Tennessee from receiving gender affirming care like puberty blockers, hormones and surgery. And is just truly a violation on our human rights. And I have no words, honestly. It's like, this is a a class of people that needs protection because there's so many laws against them. There's so much hate and violence. And it's just people who want to live their authentic lives. Um, And obviously, UNFTR stands behind transgender people. We stand behind drag queens. So I'm going to link this NPR article, which gives kind of a history And it talks about how things like this have been happening for over 100 years. And it just fucking sucks. People in Tennessee, let us know what you're doing so we can support local on-the-ground organizations. We can, you know, shout them out, link to them to make sure that we are advocating in the right places. Was it MTG that called for secession? (sighs) Yeah, a bunch of... Multiple people have recently. I saw Texas. I... There's some guy... In Long Island saying we should do it. It's on Long Island. I know. I did it to trigger you. But um, yeah, he was like, we should be our own state. And yeah. so um, I'm just I, I think at this point I am personally willing to oblige. Just let him go. Fuck him. Oh, know? I didn't know what you're talking. I was like, so you won't be a drag queen anymore. I didn't know where that was going. Definitely not going to be a drag queen anymore. It ends today because all of my upcoming shows were in Nashville. Damn it. No, I'm willing to oblige the secession argument. You know, let, let's make it happen. I know. Would that make her not a citizen? <laughs> not of these United States. Apparently, let the, her be in her own United apparently States. Apparently there's a rumor that she only has three toes. <laughs> what? Which like, because I don't know. Apparently she has, I'm not trying to tote shame, but apparently she has weird toes and... Uh, there was a whole, I think <sighs> I, did I take a screenshot of it on Reddit? It's just, it's just really? Yeah. I mean, from the I picture. I would love that. It's from the picture I saw, she doesn't have, she didn't wear shoes that fit her feet properly. And she looked like she had like little chicken feet. Okay. Which is not to say there's anything wrong if you have chicken feet. No, All it's feet just are a beautiful strange again. detail. Um, MTG. Okay. Toes. Yeah. I, I think, you know, as far as the, the, uh. There's a Snopes article about it. That's how bad it is. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Here's the picture. Wait, what? This is bad radio. It's, as it's they because say. women women know if you have a heel and it has like a or like any type of sandal and it has that bar in the front. If you have a short, if your pinky toe is short, like I have my pinky toe is tiny. At best, she has four so on it, each it foot. It looks though. like I have. At best. Similarly, my right? pinky toe is small, so it can often look like I have four toes. You like, have to put this in the link. I went to the, like, the nail salon. I got a pedicure a couple weeks ago, and the yeah. woman like yelled at me because she couldn't. Like I was wearing my Birkenstocks to get it. Right. And she was like, no, these won't work. So okay. like, I get it. You have a small pinky toe. Yeah. But you can't see her big toe either, which uh, is more unusual. No, you can see her big toe. You Wait, mean the second, her ring toe? Aren't they these three? <laughs> They're the middle three. It's the middle three. It's so wild. No, it's not the middle three. It's the big toe and the other two. Oh, so yeah, her she's got 
two little toes. Oh, oh I see. I She's see. She's very pterodactyl. Yes. So it's just a little. It's a little bit funny because it's her. I want to fight for all the unfuckers that live in these states. So I really don't want everybody to secede. It's economically stupid. It's stupid on on so many levels. But this culture war nonsense has just gone so far because it's all the right has to stand on right now to try and distract from us getting closer and closer to taking money back from billionaires and corporations. I really think that's kind of what the, the subtext to all of this is. Like if when you have nothing else to stand on and, and we saw this fail miserably for them in the midterms. I mean, it's not like it's a good get out the vote strategy to galvanize your base. Like, yeah, people hate and they hate, but it doesn't necessarily move the needle for them. I really think that they know that they're losing the economic argument and they're just trying to throw everything up against the wall to see if it sticks. But this is just I mean, this is so regressive. It's it's madness. Yeah, it's, you know, and you see all the, I don't know what to call them anymore, memes. Memes in the way of the the classical definition of, like, thought ideas. So you see memes about, you know, drag queens have never tried to evangelize me, but, you know, who has? Religion. <laughs> right, yeah. I, my favorite one, I think, is the, the Pope descending the steps and uh, somebody commenting on everything that he's wearing, like a beautiful chiffon dress with these ruby red slippers <laughs> that he had on about to come and... You know, yeah. in some very magisterial ceremony. I mean, yeah. And priests and frocks and all that kind of bullshit. Like, yeah, everybody gets this. They know what it is. This is just anti-transgender, uh, you know, and sentiment coming out in policy. Plenty. I'd say, I mean, there are transgender drag queens, but like most drag queens are, are, are not transgender. Right. Like statistically, I would say there are more non-transgender drag queens so at that point it's it's masquerading they're saying if we limit people dressing like women who quote-unquote aren't women then we can like shoehorn in here oh well trans people if you're biologically this there's then you no can't question dress this is like a trojan that. this is trojan yeah. horse so without a doubt it's just it's fucked you ever see kinky boots of course what a show right are you it, have you seen the movie as no. well. Yeah, it was movie first. First? Yeah. It went the other way? Uh-huh. No, I did not see yeah, that. Yeah, and then Harvey the, and uh, Cindy. Mm. I loved, when I saw the, the the closing song that's like, just be who you want to be. I was like, this could change the world, <laughs> this song. It was beautiful. It did. It moved me. The wrong way. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I bet there were at least a handful of like conservative pe older people who saw it and were like, these drag queens, they're all right. They just want to make shoes. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know? I'm sure there were. And then again, we got what we got here, right? But we don't have to, we don't have to just sit by and take it. They're, it, it sucks because it they're stealing thunder and energy from all the real fights that should be going on, distracting us constantly. So we got to go back and now we got to fucking take care of this. You know what I mean? It's just... It's so effective. They're just, it's like we're, we're trying to run this race and they keep throwing tax in our way. And we just have to keep stepping on them and taking them out and removing them. And they know what they're fucking doing. Yeah, I just, I mean, uh, I know you didn't mean to phrase it like this, but just to clarify, like transgender rights are a real fight, you know, like it doesn't. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? How did I phrase it? You said 
They're throwing all these things out that distract us from the real fights. But like, this is a real fight. So I'm oh, just, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just want, I know you didn't mean Meaning, it, so I wanted yeah. to clarify. And it's like it. things that, rights that we already have, and they're just getting, so they, they chip away at them and they take, they just, they distract from everything. It's I understand so, what you're getting at. It's I just, so fucking transparent and, and maddening. And the, the state's rights argument is also the subtext here as well, because like, just like it wasn't in, in, with all the states that had trigger laws ready to go with the abortion ban, you know, and now they, they're going to follow suit with the, I'm sure the book ban that DeSantis put in place in Florida and every state with the model legislation that, that we've worked on in the past, we've done this, you know, ad nauseum on the, on the show, model legislation that they've teed up this anti-transgender or anti-drag queen uh, language was birthed somewhere in a think tank, again, as a distracting mechanism because they know they don't have to pass this stuff on a federal basis. They could just pass it state by state by state until it bubbles up into a movement and you'll see, you know, similar legislation against drag queens and then similar legislation against, you know, transgender bathrooms. And then they'll tack on the book ban and all these type of culture war issues because it does, it's a very effective strategy to divide and conquer all of us trying to fight for human rights and economic rights and economic justice pushing forward. I mean, it's a, it's a brilliant strategy. And, and again, it all comes from this idea of the state's rights. Okay, if we can't win at the federal level because they don't have the numbers anymore. See, that's the fucked up thing, right? They don't have the numbers to probably, I mean, this might be a, this might be a little much, considering we just came out of the Carter and Reagan revolution, they probably don't have the numbers to ever take over the country at a federal level in the way that they did in the past. Because there are more Democrats than Republicans. They have decided to go to war against immigrants and to go to war against women and to go to war against transgender. Like they're just going to continue to carve up their little base, but they know that they can win these states battles. They know it. And, and what, an, what an amazing, effective strategy to fucking divide and conquer us, because we have to pay attention to this. Like, we have to go and fight now for the rights of drag queens and transgender and anybody who's being othered in Tennessee and in Florida and in Missouri. And it it's just, God damn. Yeah. You're so much fucking better at this than we are. It's just, it's incredible. Yeah. The one, one last thing I, you know, and like in reference to them just drumming these up in a think tank, like I'm sure that there is an aspect, definitively there is an aspect to this, but I think it also speaks to the fact that we have so many, that just historically the marginalization of queer people and, you know, people who identify as other than just like cis. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's more deep seated than even just like a trendy culture war thing, you know, like I don't think it would be fair to categorize like the plight of of gay and queer people to like CRT, which wasn't even a phrase however long ago, but like gay people have been around from the dawn of time. So I just, they might be capitalizing on it now, but they've been fighting for these rights forever. True. Uh, but the reason I say it's also cooked up is you see how tightly woven the narrative is on their media outlets and through their channels, because they just keep beating this drum. Look at Jesse Waters and then look at everybody, literally everyone over at the Daily Wire and look at the the, the guys that are, was it Matt Walsh who keeps getting an audience because he's strictly anti-transgender everything. These people keep getting an audience. Yeah, I because think he said, being, was it him who said it was transgender people are worse than Hitler? 
Did he tweet that? He might have tweeted that. Someone I mean, did. he's been well. So at CPAC recently, over the last few days, you had um, the fucking oh Michael Knowles went out and and basically said that all transgender people should be quote eliminated, and that is what this this other guy has been saying, and and even uh, Ruben who came out as gay, but is anti-transgender as well, and even anti, and even supports anti-gay policies that, are, that have been proposed by DeSantis. Like, but it's a very coordinated attack through the Daily Wire, through all the, these outlets on the right that are affiliated with them. Look at Steven Crowder, all of them. They say the same fucking thing. That bubbles up, goes up right through Jesse Waters' mouth on Fox and through Tucker Carlson's mouth and Laura Ingraham's mouth on Fox. And, and it's coordinated. And it all starts somewhere because they think even if they know they're not gaining traction from a federal electoral perspective, they know that they can win the states, they can win certain hearts and minds in the deep rural parts of this country by picking on people that they don't see every day. Harder to do that now with, you know, with black people in this country. It's harder to do that now with gay rights being as progressive and as accepted as they have been. But that's what's going to come next. Yeah, I, I mean, look at what the Dilbert guy said, you know, you know, fucking just, yeah, don't be near black people. Do what I did. Move to a, an all white community. Holy fucking shit. I mean, it's just it's a it's a it's a stepping stone to even get back, I think, toward those very segregationist tendencies. Yeah, I think my, my point is just I don't want to boil the struggles and like the real problems that trans and gay people face to just like right-wing talking points you know that's what i mean by it like yeah, sure it, it's a dialogue cooked up somewhere but at the end there are people who are suffering because of it so that's that should be the takeaway we should be talking equally about the people who are suffering as we are the evil think tanks and pundits who are coming or who are saying the things. I agree. I just think that we always need to be deconstructing how these things evolve and how they get to where they are. And, and it's like when I, you know, I told you I spent a lot of time on with the Holocaust organization and most of the education that the docents brought us through was prior to the Holocaust to show us how these things happen because it does these events just don't, you don't just suddenly start murdering millions of a group that doesn't happen but how they're characterized in the media how they're politicized through these these type of media organizations but also through the politics how that then shows up in legislation and how it all bubbles up you know my point is that these are real humans yes and we have to protect them but we also have to understand the mechanisms that they're being attacked through so that we can because, you know, we can't just go and get up and go to Tennessee and and just stand outside and like, you know, as bodyguards at a, at a drag queen show. Right. But we should at least be at, at a drag queen show. Yeah. At a drag tell show. me you don't watch any drag without telling me you don't watch any drag. <laughs> Sorry. It wasn't offensive. It was just drag show. It was drag just show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know RuPaul is a big celebrity, right? Good job. Thank RuPaul you. the fracker. RuPaul. RuPaul owns a fracking company? Yeah, her it's a whole thing. Oh no. This is for the That's a disaster. It, yeah, it's they're we don't RuPaul's not like the we want other drag icons, you okay. know. RuPaul's getting crusty. Okay. All right, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, well, whatever. How about uh, the all of Monty Python? Uh To put it in my part, sure. right? John Cleese the Turf? Got it. <laughs> is he a turf now too? Uh he's he said Didn't he always dress in women's thing. clothes on the show? Yeah, but now I he, don't know who's canceled who's not. My only point is <laughs> What we have to do 
is show how they're using the levers of power to suppress the rights and marginalize people in this country. Because if you don't know it, you won't be able to spot it and stand in front of it. So you might not be able to stand guard outside of a drag show, but you might be able to show up at your local state legislature to say, not on my watch, not going to happen. Unless you understand how they're accomplishing what they're accomplishing, because this is a law now. This is a fucking law. So if you don't know how a bill becomes a law, then you're just screaming at the rain and shouting the the same outrage that we're, you know, outraged about. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm with you. Like, we're two sides of the same coin Agreed. in this discussion. I think sometimes we can, we as the royal we and, like, people who are on this side can get so, or people who do work like we do, can get very caught up in, in the mechanics and... You know, you can see like a tweet thread and someone's being like, you know, it's a 72 tweet thread, uh, 72 tweet thread. That sounds weird, but it makes sense about how this happened. But then one tweet from someone who was directly affected and we can become like desensitized by the mechanisms and forget like, here's this person. So that's why I just wanted to like talk about this. And maybe it's something we should do more is like some of our unfuckers also maybe have voiced this in the past about like doing more advocacy, which isn't our lane necessarily, mm. but I can understand where that comes from because you have like a Gen S who's always on the ground fighting and like mm. protesting and doing that. And we need those people, but we also need like the, um, who's the, who likes to dissect. Oh, so many unfuckers. Yeah. Like yeah. we, so we, we need to all work together <clears throat> in that same way, but in the way we talk about the economic, you can be the economic and I can be the socio, but we should still like talk about the direct effect on people and not just the evil talking heads. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I think that part of why this works, why we work, why Unfucking the Republic works is that you're always going to come at it from the heart and, and I'm going to come at it from the structural basis of things. Arriving, I hope, at the same conclusions, not always, which I think is healthy as well, but, you know, driving at least the same lane, which is people being seen, people being heard, people being respected, and everybody having a fair and just opportunity in this place to the extent that we can even control that, right? Yeah. So I dig it. So now I'll do this quickly so we can get into show notes, but the two headlines that I brought to the table this week, one is a continuation of the ongoing Nord Stream Nordstrom. Nordstrom's. <laughs> the Bloomingdale's Nordstrom's 3. Beautiful. I mean, absolutely <laughs> ravishing pipeline. Uh, the Nord Stream 2 pipeline explosion. Quote, unquote. So uh, we'll share it in show notes, obviously. The, the link is to the Times article that came out this afternoon as we were getting ready to come into the studio that reports, I'm making air quotes, you can't see it, reports. He's not making air quotes. On the Nord Stream pipeline sabotage claiming that U.S. intelligence sources say that it was an offshoot of Ukrainian forces, but not a state-authorized Ukrainian event. So now we have three solid pieces to take a look at. And here's all I'm going to say about this piece. We talked about the original reporting done by Seymour Hirsch on his Substack, the dangers of reporting without editors, but also the dangers in ignoring independent voices who have a history of making some very 
you know, groundbreaking, incredible arguments and understanding that they probably know how to cultivate a good source, but also they could be taken advantage of. Who knows? It was a single source in Seymour Hersh's piece that made the allegations that it was a U.S. operation that blew up the pipeline. Then he went on to explain the mechanics behind how difficult a deep sea explosive maneuver like this would be and all of the things that would have had to fall in place. He also did say that there were investigations done independently by other Scandinavian countries, primarily, and Germany, who was the most affected because it was the pipeline that brought them the most gas, that we did not have access to, nor do we still have access to it. Then we shared an article also a substack that was given to us by an unfucker, which we appreciated. I think it was Oliver Alexander was the name of the substacker who tried his best to debunk those claims. Now I've gone through both articles and I would say that it's almost like conjecture meets conjecture. So you've got Alexander who's deconstructing the, the the basis of Hirsch's arguments that are based upon the sole sourcing and then some other circumstantial ideas to try and back that up. All going back to the original idea that just months prior to it, it exploding, Joseph Biden said out loud in front of the Ger German Joseph, chancellor. he's in trouble. Yes, exactly. In front of the German chancellor. Yeah, no, that pipeline uh, will be taken care of. And, and uh, we have our ways of, of making that happen. So when you put it together, the circumstantial evidence isn't great. And now you have the New York Times article that basically gives an overview of the general reporting that is out there, makes zero claims other than the U.S. intelligence community now believes whoever carried out the explosion might have been a non-state actor tied to Ukraine but they can't say who. So you've heard us use this phrase before, stenographers. This is the fucked up thing about the New York Times, the Washington Post, any major organization that does reporting, that does foreign policy reporting. There is this criticism of them that they will suppress the any real reporting. Again, why Chris Hedges, and I'm bringing him up specifically because he's next, why Chris Hedges left the Times after he was the only one to criticize our rationale of going going to war in Iraq, right? So this Pulitzer Prize winning foreign correspondent who'd been on the ground in multiple wars, including in Bosnia, as the you know the shit was going down, came back and was on the foreign desk at the Times and wrote a piece criticizing our rationale for going to Iraq, and you know he was summarily dismissed, and that's what you know gave you know, birth to the new Hedges era and, you know, the post-Occupy uh, era of who Hedges is now. But his criticism, which has been echoed by so many, is that the journalists who are still in these bureaus will tell you off the record that, you know, there's some areas that they can't go, that they have to carry the party line because they don't want to, quote, lose access to their sources within the State Department. And you'll see that most of the sources are unnamed sources. That's just part of the gig. But that they will just reprint essentially press releases from the State Department and the intelligence communities without doing any reporting. So this New York Times piece, which is the lead piece in the Times, is the ultimate stenography job that does 
nothing to provide a counter narrative to what Seymour Hersh and others now are claiming had to have been carried out in part or with support or in, in, in entirety by the United States. But what I'd love for unfuckers to do is look at this piece to understand what stenography looks like. Because even if you believe the intelligence community and whatever this claim is that the reporters are just, you know, writing down verbatim, I want you to see how the language is crafted so that you can see what propaganda, state-run propaganda looks like. I'm not saying they're bad reporters, but I'm saying that they didn't do any reporting. There you go. The second one is from Chris Hedges. You know I like Chris Hedges a lot. I've relied on his reading a lot. I, I consider him to be one of the most important intellectuals and influences in my later years, at least, in developing kind of my worldview and helping me see things a little bit differently. Because you're a Russian operative. Because I, too, am a Russian <laughs> I, operative. Once in a while, I check our <laughs> tweets and people are still, uh, you know, calling you Russian operative because you support him. And he was on RT. And he was on blah, RT. Blah, blah, blah. Yep. Uh, like, hey, listen, I love uh, Lee Camp and Abby Martin, too, and they, too, were on RT. Guess so what? There you I'm go. Russian. Oh, that's right, too. Does that make me not? Born and bred. She still speaks it in the office. I wasn't. <laughs> uh, sh <laughs> I was born in. Actually, I, I don't know. I could technically be Ukrainian. I don't know. Mm -hmm. They left in the fields on the roof times. So if I was 99. Beautiful. All day long, I did 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 dum. If I was a wealthy man, I was really off key. No, I thought I was pretty good. You're no, you know, Topol, but no, I'm not even Topol Gijo. Okay. There you go. So sorry, Chris Hedges wrote a thing. The title of it is, and and I subscribe to his Substack because again, I I love Chris Hedges. And I couldn't disagree more with his current piece called Lynching the Deplorables. Yeah, I don't love the title of that. I saw it in the link and I said, let's not use the word lynch. Yeah. There's a lot wrong with this. And it, basically, uh, the the way I interpret it at the end, and I, and I read the whole thing to make sure that I'm giving it its due. I'm not a headline reader and I'm not a summary reader. I understand where he's going with the erosion of civil liberties in this country and the way that justice is not really meted out in any sort of equitable way. I get it. I've gotten it for a long time. But he's making a, a false equivalency argument between the people who stormed the Capitol and other people who are denied, and like Ed Snowden, for example, Ed. and Edward Snowden and Julian Assange, Jules, Jules. you know, Jules and Ed. Yeah. So he, he's making this false equivalency be between what they did and, and what the Capitol rioters did. And I do not agree with it at all. That's dumb. And it's also piggybacking. So I have a big concern here and it's because this piece piggybacks on top of him giving a speech at a very right-wing gathering in front of the Washington Monument, I believe, hmm. a few weeks ago. Most phallic looking, of course. Talking about the same type of thing and how the war in Ukraine 
And we're not, you know, we're not questioning the state as, you know, and questioning authority and the rationale behind it, the ongoing perpetual war machine, the fact that we are, you know, disappearing people from the Capitol riots and, and, we're not doing any of those things. They're going through due process and they are going to do time. I wish they would disappear. <laughs> some of them, some, listen, the guy who put his feet on, on Pelosi's desk is going to do possibly, potentially a lot of fucking time. And I don't necessarily agree that that punishment, if he gets like 47 years, which I think is the maximum, I don't think that that punishment fits the crime necessarily. But I think that anybody that is swept up in that and caught up in that should be should go to jail because that's you, there have to be consequences to this. But the the piece that was missing from this deplorables piece was the fact that cops died. Have we become so fucking insensitive that we can't even stand up for the lives of law enforcement when they're doing a job other than something that we dislike? Wait, did multiple police officers yeah, die? Cops died. Multiple. I thought multiple it was just cops one. Died. Yeah, no, there was there was like six deaths there, right? Hmm. Didn't a couple of cops die? I'm not talking about Ashley or whoever her name was and some of the people, the guy who died of a heart attack. But I mean, you know, people died at this event. An event. People died at this thing, right? So this is not the same as whatever his equivalency is. And, and I just, I hate the framing of it. But again, my bigger problem is that it's on the heels of him Finding an audience with a bunch of, you know, right wing figures who showed up, you know, to basically say that Joe Biden should be impeached. I mean, that's sort of like the central theme of all of these right wingers getting together in down at the Capitol because they they disagree with the war in Ukraine and they disagree with the war in Ukraine for totally fucking different reasons than Chris Hedges does. But he's pandering to this audience because he's finding an audience here. And my fear is that he's going down the same fucking path that Glenn Greenwald did, who he still talks to and is still has great respect for, and Matt Taibbi, and anybody else that has found an audience on a platform. I can tell you from personal experience, I understand the allure of being paid by tens of thousands of people who are now buying into your propaganda and maybe taking funding from other sources as well. I'm not saying that Chris Hedges is, I'm not saying Matt Taibbi is necessarily, I certainly believe that Glenn Greenwald is at this point, but Taibbi's, Taibbi's group is so big, his, his um, audience is so fucking big right now. I mean, he just makes so much goddamn money from Substack and from, you know, from all of his appearances that he doesn't need it. But once you get that taste, it's very difficult to not have that taste. 99, if this was our only source of income, then we, we probably wouldn't be, well, we wouldn't be able to do this, right? If this was our only source of income, because again, you don't raise as much money on the left as you do on the right. But the people who are on the right raise a shit ton of money from people who are willing to just open up their pockets and give their last dollar because it's, you know, between this and the survival food that they're storing away for the apocalypse, right? Like they just know how to fucking raise money. But this is different. And Chris Hedges is a man, he's an island now. He's out on his own. And my fear is that he's finding this new natural audience with people on the right, because sometimes you can be totally aligned with an end game coming at something from the far left and the far right. That's that's Edward Snowden. Like if you talk to people on the far right, the far right libertarian strain, they believe that Julian Assange 
and Edward Snowden, like Snowden should be back in the United States and, and free to you know roam about the country. Julian Assange should absolutely be freed and compensated. Well, that's how the hard left feels too. So there's these weird poles of alignment between them and Hedges is tapping into both sides of that spectrum and nowhere in between. And I think he's wading into dangerous territory. So my way of saying to unfuckers, I see it. I'm acknowledging it. Again, doesn't make his past work bad, doesn't make future work bad. This particular piece to me was itself deplorable, though. And there you go. Mm. Well, I don't believe, I think only Ashley Babbitt was the one who a few police officers took their lives afterwards. And there is one person, one police officer who died later of a stroke that they're saying was related, but... Got it. I believe she was the only one who like died on scene of the other ones were the heart attacks and like that could have happened anywhere. I stand corrected on that, but, but yeah, stand I just, by I my wanna... assertion. Thank you. Maybe roll back the I love Chris Hedges from the beginning. <laughs> no hero worship. Oh, I love his work. I don't, I'm not I rolling know, but, anything back. Well, there's a difference between I love his work and I love the man. I don't know. It just it feels I'm more apt to love a person and hate their work. It feels counterintuitive to to say all that and then still just blanket say I love like to be like I love right. Chris Hedges. I love I love his I love most of his work except this new work. I did love the man. I thought he was wonderful. He was great because he stood for all the things that I thought was wonderful. Roll your Occupy. eyes, but you are still getting uh, flack for talking about Glenn Greenwald a year and a half ago. I loved his original work. I loved the work that he did on, on civil liberties ten fucking years ago. You need to be more millennial because we'll we'll just you know we throw people out. I don't care. I don't care because I know what I know and I say what I say. So it is what it is. Wow, some nice thought-terminating cliches. Yeah. So I hate this Hedges piece. That's the upshot. How about that? Okay. All right. Let's get into feedback. We have no emails? No. Nobody emailed us? <laughs> no, everyone's too busy commenting on your YouTube videos. Dude, that's fucking insane. It's not insane. It's bananas. It's all the things. Man, what's going on, people? All right. I mean, they literally, the comments don't stop coming on your YouTube. All right, that's Surprised fair. more people don't care about your frame rate. Hmm. Did, did you fix it yet? No, no, I can't figure I it out. I thought you said you changed the setting. I did, didn't work. Hmm, I'll look at it more. Okay. All right, well, let's go to Facebook then. We can start with Dan G, who, by the way, created a video for the theme song on Unfuckers at all. Did you see it? No, because you're not there because you don't have Facebook. I'm sorry. Every time. I know. I saw all these new things you added in. Even I though she has Facebook. I didn't realize. She just I don't want to see. I don't. Let, I get it. It's let fine. them have their own. I just. Again, you know, correct my language every time. But then when I say, you know, did you see it on Facebook? You're like, I don't have Facebook. But you do. You do. You have it. Fine. I will stop updating our Facebook and delete it. No. Well, can't have it both ways. Uh, I was going to. Oh, it doesn't make sense. We'll just to show it, it to me later. Yeah, if it's just the theme song. Because <laughs> it's just the theme song. You wouldn't Is get. it animated? Yeah. Like people? It's just got clever little clips in it and stuff okay. like that. It's pretty cool. Nice. Super Thanks, Dan. Cool. Anyway, uh, also said uh, regarding the, the uh, Carter series, that series was simply amazing. That brought a lump to my throat. I truly feel that his legacy will live on after his assign. And I can't help miss a time when it seemed that all it took to succeed in the politics was to be a good person and be authentic. Like Jimmy. 
perhaps fighting for a better system is the point of all of this. Great job, Max, Manny, and 99. So the epilogue, I think, is one of my favorite episodes to date. Hmm. I just love the way it came in. And uh, we, by the way, we're preparing, as promised, the full series it's probably going to clock in somewhere around two hours, I think, with uh, uh, the interruptions and the pre and the post show stuff all in about two hours. That'll be up uh, pretty soon. So we'll have that to look forward to. But thank you, Dan, for for taking a look at that. We appreciate it. And uh, what else do we have over on the Facebooks? Ray W. on a thread posted by Knudsen sharing the immigration update. Ray said, it'll probably come up in an upcoming show notes, but I disagree with Max characterizing renters as having K-12 education subsidized by the property owners. Landlords whose rents don't cover costs, including property taxes, do not continue being landlords. Therefore, renters pay property taxes via their landlords. Landlords do not subsidize their tenants. Tenants subsidize their landlords. So that is the point that I was making. And I'm not sure how and where that got lost in translation. And Ray, maybe you could uh, write in and uh, maybe flesh that out a little bit more. So my point was that landlords, whoever the property owner is, that person is remitting taxes to the district. That's how the districts fund themselves. And the renters subsidize the landlords. So that that is the point that I was trying to make, that even if that there really isn't state subsidized school for people that it's, it still does come through the property taxes and the property taxes are directly paid by the landlords, but indirectly paid by collecting rent. Uh, and so, yeah, landlords whose rents don't cover costs do not continue being landlords. That's right. I mean, they, they go out of business and then somebody else's or they come off the rolls, right? In which case it's not being contributed, but then theoretically nobody lives there because you can't have tenancy without a landlord or, or you're just squatting. So anyway, I we think- We should have more squatters. We should have more squatters and we should be converting housing. We have we have enough housing to fill people, you know. Can I start squatting in my apartment? When does it become squatting? If I stop paying my rent? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I think if you had a proper grievance, though, you could. I mean, you have so many grievances. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking plenty. <laughs> so, Ray, I believe we're on the same page here. But if we're not, let us know. And Elena S. said, missing from this analysis, this is the immigration update. Uh, so we did that immigration update on YouTube. Did we, did, did we release that as well on the pod? We did not, right? Nope. Right. So this is just coming from YouTube. Uh, missing this analysis is our very serious brain drain problem, growing numbers of college expats. On Reddit, there's a subreddit called I Want Out. It used to be mostly college kids from typical Islamic countries seeking advice to get out of their countries often trying to flee arranged marriages. Now a fair amount of those seeking immigration advice are from the U.S. They've often just completed college degrees, mostly bachelors, but a lot of higher degrees, such as masters or PhDs. They're typically single, and their tag will usually be USA to any English-speaking country. Just last night, my siblings and I seriously discussed that we might fucking need to bug out. We agreed upon New Zealand. I wanted Iceland. I think we might be meeting Elena. Yeah. Down in New Zealand. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Didn't our girl retire or whatever they call it? <laughs> Resign? Didn't she? Yeah, like, I think she's out. So, you know, yeah. who the fuck knows what's going to happen there? We it better just be call cool. It. Better be cool. Our girl sounded, um, you know, flippant, but we loved her. That's why. Yes, we did. We loved her so much. I don't know her name. <laughs> There's, uh, be careful with the love word. Uh, did you love her, really? Yeah, I loved, you know I loved all, all of her work. 
everything that she's done. Don't be bitter, you little baby. Bitter. You are bitter. I'm not bitter. I just love I'm this a baby, man. But I'm not and then he into, he's a Russian operative. I've decided. And I don't like his work anymore. I'm not going to New Zealand, by the way. Why? Because I called you bitter and a baby? No. Why is that? We're then? going to Costa Rica. We've decided what am I going to do family. there? Oh, as a family? Mm-hmm. I wasn't invited to this family meeting. Nope, we're gone. Well, we're out. I guess you're going and not. I wasn't invited, clearly. Oh, you can stay there with us and then we'll stay at your place in New Zealand. Fine. Let's I just cross continental. I just feel like it was rude that you didn't tell me. Like I'm, I'm telling you feeling right now. Am, I'm feeling ambushed. I haven't seen you since we made this decision. You should have called me immediately. I should have I been should've. at the family meeting, is the point. You should have. Yeah. Don't it, make any big family just decisions. Came up. Sure. It wasn't a meeting. We didn't call a meeting. And we didn't and uh it was just between my wife and I. We actually didn't invite oh. anybody else for input, including well, my have kids, your children. So. Yeah. No. Fine. Fuck I'm em. going where they're going. Mm. Mm. We'll see. I'm going to take them away. The wee one is going to, will be where there are beaches and waves. I can find somewhere. Yeah. The big one, she's a curious. I have no, sure. uh, no qualms with Costa Rica. I know nothing about it. Sorry. I've been. It's fucking amazing. What am I going to, like, what's there to do? Do they have breweries? <laughs> yeah, everything. They're a huge ecotourism industry okay. as well. Cool. Very, very safe country. We should go to Guam. I heard it's great there. Guam, yeah, Guam's super cool, actually. Yeah, and we won't have so any of, of the laws we have here. Guam as publicist. Interesting, right? It's a cool client to have. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't get my joke. I didn't. I said, we won't have any of the laws we have here, and I winked, because they're territory. Yeah. So, Sorry. it's funny, because ah. it's <laughs> stupid. <laughs> That's how jokes Thanks. work. Sorry. Tough crowd. Um. Okay. Well... Well, let's go over to the YouTubes. Elena, we'll see you when you, we see you. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so Eric J commented on YouTube. I'm curious what your thoughts are on abolition. I don't support police. So this is on the back of the blue, dumb right wing trope series that we're doing. I don't support police at all. And watching how the prison system kills innocent and nonviolent people, I could see how it's a better system, but I'm not fully sold on it as I don't know what we would do with serial killers and rapists. It's a topic I really do need to study, just haven't gotten there yet. So interesting, Eric, I mentioned uh, CMUs recently, the uh, communication management units that we have in the country that are completely unconstitutional. These are the places where we can, we actually have, the government has the authorization to quote, disappear citizens and non-citizens alike and put For them the in January these- January 6th people. <laughs> That's where, no, they went to real prison, which is, they, they should have gotten a taste of a CMU, which is one of the most fucked up places that, that we have on this soil. So most people, so it operates like Guantanamo Bay, but but they're here. Guantanamo? Guantanamo. Aha. Uh-huh. See, I got that one. It's a callback. Uh-huh. So people think that you know, we, we have these uh, dark sites that are outside of the country, and that's where we do all of our fucked up things. Not true. We have, there's two communication management units. I can't remember where the other one is, but the one is in Terre Haute. And we know somebody who was in one. Uh, we, I think, have told this story before, but long story short, this person was brought there, as they were told, for quote-unquote balance because there were no white people there. There were all brown oh, people. Reverse diversity? Exactly. They were the and diversity hire. So they had a quota that they wanted to meet. They, they needed a white person Still who was brave. there. And it's funny because this is a good friend of mine and speaking to him afterwards, he said, you know, there were people there that I'm so glad were there. These were the scariest, most violent and just criminally, naturally, intrinsically violent people that he's ever 
people he didn't even think existed. Hmm. There is a reason that prisons exist. Now, we had made the the argument that in the early 70s, there was a movement for prison abolition, meaning that no new construction of federal prisons and the elimination and abolition of all juvenile detention. There are other countries that do this better. One of the movements on the ground here in the United States that you'll see in a lot of uh, cities with progressive DAs is to stop prosecuting people for low-level crimes, to try and do more rehabilitation, to get more people into social services, and uh, to try and, and cut back on recidivism and try not to ruin people's lives and trying to get rid of cash bail how so noble. we're not putting... How noble, indeed. You know, trying not to, you know, put people in jail for not paying fines, for example, which just leads to destroying families and they wind up, you know, copying to plea deals that put them inside the criminal justice system and then they suddenly lose access to all sorts of benefits thanks to Bill Clinton. Yay. Right? So we've done that whole kind of story. I do not believe in prison abolition because there are offenders that will need to spend some time. But I do go back to the quote that we have in that story from Cesar Beccaria, who was wrestling and grappling with this idea all the way back during the Enlightenment. This is the person who Voltaire wrote directly and said, everybody should read this. Thomas Jefferson read uh, Beccaria's work and was completely taken with it because it basically said that punishment should be very carefully meted out and should, you know, should match the crime. All of these punitive measures that we have now are totally foreign to even original hundreds-year-old ideas of criminal justice. And so we've just gone far afield because we're constantly surging to the right, trying to prove, you know, each party trying to prove to the other party that they're tough on crime. Tough on crime has to just be eliminated from the vernacular first and foremost because it's just such a ridiculous notion because we wind up being, you know, tough on not even the right criminals, but we can't do away with prisons. That that's how I feel. I don't I, I don't, don't support prison abolition I don't, entirely. I think, I think Eric was talking about abolishing the police. Oh, I thought it was prison abolition because that's usually the uh No, I think he's saying defund the police or abolish it? I don't he, think anybody's ever advocated for abolishing police entirely. Well, he's do saying, we? I don't support police. I think he's saying, I don't support police, but what would we do with serial killers and rapists if there were no police, essentially? So I assume it's on abolition because it's usually prison abolition. And and I don't, I don't see anybody saying abolish or get rid of all the police. So I interpreted that differently. If it's getting rid of police, I don't support that either. I just don't think that police are doing police work anymore, and I don't think they're trained. And I, I do think that they should get college degrees, and they should have to go through, you know, a minimum amount of you know training to you know use firearms, and they should go through de-escalation training. They should also be taught. They should learn history. They should be taught critical race theory. Oh my God! And they should be taught the Holocaust. That that was one of the things that I, I sat in on was they used to bring police departments through to study the Holocaust because they. It was police departments and authority figures that went along that played a significant role. And they were talking about like these people became law professionals for the same reasons that you did. And then they wind up they wound up being part of an extermination solution. Mm. Did you you know, we have to think about how you get to that point and what it means to carry the badge and what it means to be an authority figure in this system. So it was, it was I mean, it was a fascinating uh, program that they put them through. But again, a functioning society has a place for incarceration and law enforcement. 
we're just so far fucking removed from what it's supposed to do and what it's supposed to look like that we can't even have a proper argument about it. You know, we can't even have a proper discussion. But I wouldn't agree with the abolition of either one of those things because I think that that might lead to chaos. Yeah, maybe you're right. I don't know. The 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 first sentence about like I don't support police made me think that, yeah. but then the the latter half of it made me think that it was prisons. I don't know. Either way, both answers. Yeah. There we go. Anyway, go ahead. Angela B, taxes do not fund federal spending. Your federal taxes don't pay for anything. Please hashtag learn MMT. The federal government is mandated to provision society and provide for the general welfare. Please read the deficit myth. Uh, were they agreeing with you or fighting with you? They were commenting on another commenter who was disagreeing oh, with me. Nice. Uh, but I wanted to bring this into the conversation because... Uh, asking you shall receive Angela. Angela might not be tied to our podcast just yet, but she's watching the YouTube. And um, we are actually coming out with a MMT episode that picks up on a lot of the original episode that we had done on the podcast. And I'm redoing it for YouTube. So that'll be out by the end of the week. So MM2. stay tuned. What's that? MM2. MMT. So it was like MM2. The Fast and the Furious. MMI. MMI. Where did you MMTII. find your book? Um, our friend had it. I made him bring oh, it in. Oh, why? He, uh, after the episode, he'd asked to read it. He reads? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but there's a stain on the cover. He's like, sorry. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> Which is so perfect. I love that. <laughs> Marcus T said, how can you say that granting standing is so outlandish? Okay, so talking about standing in the student debt lawsuit. And my claim was that these states were not injured, nor were the people that were going to be relieved of student debt uh, injured in any way. Therefore, they never should have been granted standing. So Marcus thinks that every American is going to be affected by the decision to forgive the student loans, additional inflation from the extra money that will be printed, increase in taxes to cover higher costs of federal loan payments that were used to pay off forgiven debts, etc. If you want a pound of flesh, go after the universities that sold you a worthless degree for more money than it would ever be worth. College is important, but either college students 18 to 21 adults are adults or they're not. They took loans and now the chickens have come home to roost. If you want to provide relief, then how about the interest is canceled? I think that would be a fair compromise. <laughs> so one of the things that I did mention in all of our student debt episodes is that I do think that the that everything should be refinanced, including the private loans, and that the interest should be at a minimum half of what it is right now, and that the origination fees should be eliminated so that 100% of your loan goes towards tuition. And then very carefully went through a carefully constructed argument as to why it's really not the student's fault and the government and everybody around them, government, society, job applications, corporations, is telling young people they need a college degree if they want to qualify for anything. And so you can't just say, fuck you, you know, don't participate in this new modern economy that everybody is telling you yeah. you need a degree Major for. Major bed now lie in it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's stupid. And it's not the same as it used to be. Anyway, I have a feeling that Marcus watched a little bit of the video, but not all of the video in which he would have seen how we got to this point because the colleges need to participate in the fixing this as does the government and then so do the corporations corporations have a responsibility to stop requiring college degrees for things that don't fucking need a college degree i mean that's that's a piece of the puzzle too absolutely but the bottom line is the whole system is fucked up and I mean, people are so mad about giving people 
hand up and, a, and an opportunity to right size their lives, their economic and financial lives. You know, I mean, 18 to 21 year olds, they're adults and, you know, like, okay. but Except the, you're making the decision when you're 16 or 17. That's right. And these people have parents and the parents are pushing them places. They've got college advisors in school. They've got a, a society telling them that if they don't get a college education that, oh, maybe you'll just be good for a trade and it's okay to swing a hammer for the rest of your life. Well, what if there's no hammer swinging jobs in fucking 20 years? I mean, the, the, it goes so against what the prevailing narrative is in this country that, you know, we have to have these these advanced degrees in order to get anywhere. And then, you know, they pull the rug out from under them and make everything extremely expensive to get there. Uh, it's just, it's stupid. Anyway, the reason they don't have standing, which is his original supposition here, is because we're not going to have to print more money because that's the point of MMT. And it's, it's like, it would be, you know, making the same argument here is like, oh, well... <gasps> Hey, I have family members here. I was like, I didn't know she was there, but I turned around on instinct. Does that make sense? Do you want to be on the podcast? How was it? Yeah, I'll be on it. Okay, thanks. Come here. What are you going to say? What are you going to say to them? Unfuckers, we have a surprise guest who just burst into the studio. It's his daughter. (laughs) Is that what you're going to say? His daughter is my little one, my peanut, who's not such a peanut. We can reveal how old are you going to be in a handful of days? 17. Is that how you're going to speak to them? 17. There you go. 17 years old. How are you, my baby? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't like this. I don't. <laughs> she doesn't like it at all. Okay. All right. Cut right here, Manny. I love you. Tell your mother I love her. Okay. <laughs> wow. So that happened. Oh, anyway. All right. These, they don't have standing because that's just not how Back fucking debt works. Okay. So forgiving. It's like, oh, nobody made this argument when there was $750 billion in PPP loans forgiven. Nobody made this argument when we fucking spent $1.2 trillion to fund multi-year wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. It just... I don't know. So no, standing is a stupid argument. And but this activist court is going to let it go. And, you know, students are probably going to get fucked. It is what it is. Yeah. Thanks, Marcus. (laughs) Well, we have Jeremy said as a guy who got a PPP loan, it enabled me to keep employees safe and pay during the darkest days of the pandemic. And as a guy who paid off his own student loans, I am 100% for the most aggressive forgiveness and restructuring possible. Education is an investment beyond the individual student and should be seen as such. Jeremy dropping. That's, that's an unfucker. That is a true unfucker right yeah. there. Jeremy, do you want to pay my student loans? Maybe with some of the PPP money, right? That he got forgiven. Jeremy, I got a PPP loan and it too was forgiven. And I hear you. And also... All of the above with student loans, especially Max. since you just heard my little one come in and she'll be saddling me with those as well. Max said that if he didn't get a PPP loan, he was going to fire me. So, well, you know, I have this. I mean, think about my expenses, right? Mm-hmm. Your hair gel, my gel, go to the your salon, untuckets. my untucket shirts. I mean, my untucket jacket, your $3,000 of new camera equipment that you whipped out of your ass. Lots of camera equipment, stole that light, bought that light. The rest of it was kind of here. Yeah. Hopefully the studio setup's getting a little bit better. I think I'm getting the lighting down. Just can't figure out the frame rate. 
I like how the lighting varies in every video. It's like a little surprise. I think it's going to be standard now. Oh, sure. <laughs> no, I do. The okay. next couple, I think that's the, that's what you that's what it's going to be. You say so. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, speaking of uh, paying my student loans, we have coffee donations. That's sweet. What do we got? Um, Apophis at L underscore Dragon is now a member, and they value what we and the team are doing. Independent media is a must-have. I'm a podcast consumer, so I won't be as helpful with the YouTube channel, though I have subscribed to it. By the way, Max looks like Chris Cornell with a haircut. Hmm. Wow. I'm also struggling with having, quote, fuckboy hair, as I now understand it. So thank you, 99, for making me aware of that. So Apophis spells your name M-A-C-K-S. How do you feel about that? It's cool. It's actually even cooler than X. I dig it. Max. Chris Cornell was so awesome. Miss that guy. R.I.P. Hey. Okay, this is crazy. Maria from Puerto Rico is now a member. She decided to upgrade her membership. You're working harder than before. Oh, Maria sees us. She's the coolest. I appreciate the effort and the product of your labor. So much YouTube Mexplainer videos, which I love because they're excellent, that I can't keep up. You may be able to keep this up and keep on developing the project and growing the Unfucker community. Thank you, Maria. We appreciate that. By the way, she said, I don't care if you say my name or not when you read out the over-caffeinated members. I just want to contribute more. But if you do, I'd love to hear how do you solve a problem like Maria from The Sound of Music over the Maria song from West Side Story any day. Interesting. Maria says she doesn't like West Side Story. I agree. It's too fucking sad for no reason. Mm-hmm. But care too? Well, the uh, the only reason I don't actually care for the musical at all. West Side Story or Sound of Music? West Side Story. Okay. But I, um, you know, I'm a Sondheim fan and it was the first book he ever wrote. So he wrote the book for uh, West Side Story. Are you going to sing? Nope. Why? I don't know uh, how How do you solve a problem like Maria goes, so that's going to be you. What? How do you solve a problem like Maria? Na, 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 A flippity gibbet, a willowing, <laughs> a girl. Many a thing you know you ought to tell her. Many a thing you think she understand. And how do you make a say? Listen, na, 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 na. How do you keep a wave upon the sand? Well, there you go, Maria. Asking you shall receive. Sorry, I didn't know all the words. A 99 version. <laughs> Pretty cool. Hey, Ricky is now a member and bought five coffees. Popped in to buy y'all of coffee. Thank you for the YouTube videos. Discovered that my membership had lapsed. Oops, when my card expired. So I'm back. And here's some extra to make up for the past few months. LOL. Ricky, super cool. That's, boy, that's being on it, man. Damn. And Matt H. also bought us a coffee. Just a little tip. Just yeah. a little, hey, great job. Thanks, Matt. And lastly, but not leastly, Atomic Dog bought three coffees. Atomic Dog. Just wanted to thank you for the Jimmy Carter series. My, my first political memory is the hostage crisis. Though just a child at the time, the release of the hostages on the day Reagan went into office seemed deeply suspicious to me. I don't know much about the Carter presidency other than the solar panels and the sweater wearing, so your series provided a nice overview. My one quibble is that it wasn't long enough. I know it was already so long, but I really feel like one of the most important things about Carter was the way he conducted himself post-presidency. I'm not aware of another ex-president who has dedicated himself to public work the way he did. Anyway, you did a great job and deserve a coffee break. P.S. Manny, bow, wow, wow, yippee, oh, yippee, <laughs> Awesome. Uh, obviously, Bush, you know, he's doing all those paintings. Such, so a, such a great painter. The same. <laughs> and Obama, you know, the Netflix, Spotify deals. Oh, I mean, he'll probably go so many awards. Up, I, I mean, the politics aside, in modern times, he'll probably be the Who president. Carter? No, or Obama. Obama, next to Carter with, you know, the most true advocacy and 
being a good person conducting themselves out of office. I Yeah, I would think so. You know, um, Clinton has too many scandals for it to be him anyway. Like, I know that yeah. he's quote unquote trying, whatever yeah. that means. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm curious about back in so many of the, I mean, the early, it's, it's probably not fair to compare anybody to the earliest presidents and, and what they did because George Washington, he just wanted to go back. Oh yeah. What's, what is the song from Hamilton? One more time. I love that song. I can't sing or it Or one last time. One last time. Yeah. Chris Jackson. He's a beautiful voice. I can't, I can't pull it. It's like, I can't retrieve it. You know, uh, I'm stepping down and I'm not going to run for president. I had too much coffee today. No, it's good. It's good. I love it. I usually don't drink as much coffee at home first and then come here and drink more coffee Mm. on purpose. But now I'm all jittered up. Giddy up. I imagine that there were some presidents in the past that had pretty robust post-presidencies. Lincoln. uh, (laughs) uh, Too soon? Yeah, Um, too soon. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I, Carter would be hard to match. I mean, maybe Obama. You know, Obama's big on the accolades. I mean, he gets the, his, his shelf has got to be outrageous. Got a Peace Prize and a Grammy and a fucking Oscar and a He's going to EGOT. Globe, right? <laughs> Jeez. So, you know, but Carter. He EGOT before he Taylor does. He didn't want any of that. He didn't want any of that. Just want to build houses. Well, it didn't exist then. You know. Who knows what kind of Spotify deal he'd have. Or he'd be like, I don't like Spotify. I'm going to Napster. <laughs> yeah. I wonder. Look at this dreamy look in your eyes. Well, you see, because like you, know, you know, Carter. I struggle with Obama. No, I'm struggling with Obama. I know, but but you can't deny that he's a good person. You, you don't think he's a good person outside of his presidency? I think that he... I'm not saying I love Obama. I love all of his work. And I stand, I didn't say that. Is a good person in the way that we have established cultural norms in this country. He's a normal person. Yeah. And he's a sort of good loving, same as Biden, a good loving husband, father, for all the kids foibles on that side, dog right? Dog owner. Dog owner. Um, like, you know, that Jeremy Scahill quote I gave you from, from that intercepted pod. Like, I imagine if you're Joe Biden's friend, like he's the fucking best guy, that, literally the best guy you know. Yeah. But Jimmy Carter was a, tr- like- You have a, a big crush on him. I do. And I disagree with his economic policy, which you would think then I I would hate him, so right? Then you because should, I'm all about we'll that take shit. take that and apply it to Obama. Because I think you have this past, this past longing uh, lens on Carter, Whereas Obama's too, hashtag too soon. Um, no, Obama murdered so many people and in countries we weren't at war with. Obama's- Yeah, he's a great person. <laughs> Obama's death count. I know. You know, that's that's why I, so again, I know, not to hero he, but, worship, you know, but I mean- I, He wrote books. You go straight Cornell West on this. I mean, Cornell West call, you know, calls him out as, as a war criminal. Not many people are willing to do that. I know, but I it, guess by the fair. letter of the law, I mean, Obama straight up, mur- he, he murdered an American citizen. He didn't do it with his own hands. By his own executive order. <laughs> I'm just being I know, a dick. I know. But that's why I struggle with it. I really do struggle. I want to love Obama way more than I do. Yeah, because he's like fucking cool as hell. Like, yep. I want to I wanna drink with him. Hell yeah. You think, oh, he can tell me about all the people he murdered? That's lit. <laughs> that's some millennial shit right there. I want to, if it, if it happened, at least tell me about it. 
we just got to know everything. Yeah. I don't know. So there's my there's my struggle. There's my pie in the sky look. I I really think that Jimmy Carter might have been one of the kindest people that that ever lived. Ever, it just ever it, lived. It just was. I don't what he think was. you can be but that kind and be the president. I think he was. He was way more competitive than anybody gives him credit for, and and you know being that competitive isn't always a good thing. You know, and, and in some cases it blinded him, I think, to, you know, what what he should have been doing as a politician. I don't think he was a great politician for that very reason. We don't always want a great politician. That's the thing. I don't know. It's 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 a mixed bag. I do not love his presidency on so many levels. I found fault with it in in hindsight and in studying it so closely and just even through my own recollections. But that's why the ending of it to me was was very authentically felt like for a minute just for a moment a really good dude ran this country like a really good person in every dis- that's why the um that's why the the eagle claw was so devastating to him losing and think about that in context of like the decisions that presidents make and the wars that we go to and the sacrifices that they force upon soldiers in the military devastated like like Zbig said like it looked like somebody had stabbed him it was the worst moment of his not his presidency of his life they finally gave the green light and and six service members i think no eight service members died devastated obama lit eight you know fucking people up a day they weren't his people exactly <laughs> jimmy carter was another level he yeah. was a true humanitarian jimmy carter was a, the first global Just humanitarian marry him already <laughs> <laughs> Not a good president. Really great guy. That's and I don't that's really why. like Christian fucking devout Christian people either. No, they we annoy don't need the to, fuck we out don't of me. Ha- we got come on. What? You're just upsetting people left and right. We go Christian people who listen here. <laughs> no, I know, like devout, devout Christian people. They you fucking annoy the one. shit out of me. You don't like people who evangelize you. I don't it doesn't like matter if they're devout. People, period. Devout I'm, religious people. I'm devout. Devout what? I'm devoted to you. That's the only that's the only devout thing I got. 99ism? Yeah. Cool. We all right, wear I'm red fuckers. balloons. Take out a membership. Subscribe to YouTube. Kill a 75-year-old white man. There she goes again. Damn it. I told Strike you I had that. too much coffee. <laughs> Need a Let's nap. See you next week on fuckers.